Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. I'm so excited to bring a wonderful message to you today out of Matthew chapter 17. You know, it is a part of scripture that has really spoken to me and touched my life. And it's so beautiful, I think, not only for me, but also for you who are listening to this podcast today. Matthew 17, and I'll read verses 5 unto 8 out of the NIV. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Oh, dear friends, when we talk about Jesus in the Bible, I know many see him as the man from Galilee who walked down the shores and who laid his hands on the sick and they were healed and he cast the devils out and they were set free and he gave such encouragement when he was speaking about the kingdom of his father. But Jesus was more than just the man. Yes, he was fully man, but he was also fully God. And one day he took Peter, James, and John up the mountain, the mountain Tabor, and while they were up there, suddenly all that glory and that light and that goodness and the grace and the fullness of the Lord came shining out. What was on the inside, covered by the flesh, suddenly came to the outside, and the disciples saw this glory and this wonderful light that was in Jesus and came out of Jesus. You know, it makes me think of Moses, who went up the mountain to be in the presence of God. And when he was in that presence, the light, the Shekinah light of the glory was so upon him that even when he walked out, it says beams of light came from his face. And people had to say, Moses, please, cover your face, put a veil around your face, because we cannot stand this glorious light. You know, this has always been the problem for the Lord. Whenever God would want to come near to man, it is impossible for man to stand in that glorious Shekinah light. So always, every time when the Lord came near, he had to be veiled. Sometimes he would be veiled by the smoke. If I think of that mountain, Oh, it says the whole mountain was in smoke and there was fire and lightning and nobody could come near the mountain. Whoever touched that mountain, even animals, but also men, they dropped dead on the place because of that power and that awesome presence of the holy God. Another time in the temple, oh, we read about the veil that was there and uh, the priest only one time a year could walk past that veil into the Holy of Holies, but not before he would fill that place with the incense, with the smoke of the incense. And in that smoke on the Ark of the Covenant, that's where the Lord would be present there. And you know, that would be such a dangerous moment because in any time, any moment, that priest could drop down dead because of the Shekinah glory of the Lord. It's just too much for mortal man to stand in that awesome presence of the absolute God. That's why when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory, 
God said, nobody can see my glory and live, but I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. And he covered Moses with his hand and he passed by and Moses could only look to the behind of the Lord, to the back of the Lord. You know, this is still a problem today. Mortal man cannot stand in the presence of the absolute God. And that was the problem also in Jesus' day. But the Lord wanted to come near. Oh, every time in the Bible you read and you see how God is longing to come near to his creation, to come near to his children. But there is that problem that the absolute God in his glory, in his holiness, oh, it's just impossible for us to be in that awesome presence and live as mortal man. That's why in the days of Jesus, God came down and he was veiled with flesh. Yes, my friends, the flesh was only a veil to cover the glory that was inside because Jesus is fully God as he was also fully man. And the fullness of God was covered with the flesh as a veil. And Jesus walked the shores and the disciples, they saw him as man. Yes, they revered him as a great man of God, maybe like John the Baptist or maybe like the great prophets of old. They reverend him as such a holy man, but none really understood that it was more than just a prophet. It was more than just a teacher. It was more than just someone who was favored by the Lord and by the presence of God. It was God himself, the word made flesh, who was there from the beginning of time, even before time began. Yes, that's why John the Baptist said, after me comes him who was before me. He was there in the beginning, and the Bible says so wonderfully in the first chapter of John, the Gospel of John, that everything is created through the Word. You know, he knows the billions of stars that are in the galaxy, and he knows them all by name, and he keeps them at its place. He holds all things in place. Oh, the Word, Jesus, so powerful, so awesome, but how wonderful that God was able to come near to man as he came in Jesus, in the veil of the flesh. But at that wonderful moment there on Mount Tabor, when Peter, James, and John were there, suddenly that glory and that goodness and that favor and that light came out of Jesus. Well, I don't think it came out in its fullness, because if it really came out in its fullness, or even Peter, James, and John would drop dead at the place where they were but it came out in a measure. And that measure was so glorious and so wonderful. Oh, they were witnesses there. You know, I'm so thankful for those witnesses. The Bible says that a matter will be confirmed by the testimony of two or three. And here we have three testimonies, Peter, James, and John. I believe their testimony. I believe their testimony also because even when they went through great torture and pain, they held on to that testimony. They held on to the testimony that Jesus is who he said he is. And I'm so thankful for that, for that testimony. Well, you know, they were there and that glory came out and suddenly there came a wonderful bright cloud, not a dark cloud, but a bright cloud. You know, in Psalms 18:11 it says, he made darkness his hiding place, his covering, his pavilion, his canopy around him. 
the darkness of the waters, the thick clouds of the skies. Yes, in the Bible, in the beginning, many times we read how God would come and he would be hiding, as it were, in that darkness just for us. He would do that for us because we are unable to see that glorious light. But here in this wonderful moment, at that very specific time with Peter, James, and John, he didn't come in a thick darkness, but it says he came in a bright cloud. I think that's the announcement of something wonderful. That is the announcement of something glorious. That's the announcement of good news. Just like the angel, when Jesus was born in that stable there and was laying there with the animals covered in the cloth, it says that the angel came and he appeared to the shepherds and he said, I bring you the most wonderful news that you have ever heard. Today is born unto you the Savior. And here, also in a bright cloud, came the wonderful good news that God himself confirmed and said, this is my son whom I love, and in him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, my friends who are listening today, what a good news for you and for me. We don't have to wait for the Savior. He has already come, and he has fulfilled his work. He has accomplished it all upon the cross of Calvary. He died in our place. He gave his life as a sacrifice for us. And God the Father rose him out of the grave after the third day. This is good news, my friends. It has been accomplished. It has finished. The work has been finished. Jesus accomplished it all. And here the Father gives testimony. And we have the testimony of Peter, James, and John who heard that voice who say, yes, that voice was there, and the Father spoke, and the Father confirmed and said, this is my son. He didn't say, oh, my son will come soon. Oh, the time is coming. As we heard many times through the prophets of old, the Savior will come. There is a Savior that is coming. He will come, every time reminding the people of God to have faith, to look to the mountains for their salvation, to look to the Father for salvation. But here the Father said, He has arrived. He is here, and this is Him. Oh, hallelujah, my dear friends. What a wonderful thing to know that Jesus has come. So when Jesus came, He was God in the flesh because God had to be veiled because it would be impossible for God to come as absolute God because nobody could stand in that glorious light and that holiness, but here he comes in the sun. Yes, I'm so thankful for that today. He came, and he came so very near to us in the sun. Oh, if you just think of this story, there's two very important things here. Number one, it is the voice of the Father, but we also have the voice of Jesus. I know many people, and maybe you who are listening, you have prayed this same prayer that I prayed in the past. We say, oh God, speak to me. Oh, I wish I would hear that voice of the Father. I wish he would speak with an audible voice. Some people, they speak like the Father speaks to them every week in an audible voice. But let me tell you the truth, my dear friends. We couldn't stand to hear the voice of the absolute God every week in that same way as he spoke here 
to Peter, James, and John, or we would be terrified. We are made of the same flesh as Peter, James, and John. And it says here, when that voice of the absolute God spoke, it said it left Peter, James, and John face down on the ground, terrified. I remember when I was young, I think 15, 16 years old, and I was on the Bible school in Dallas, Texas, Christ for the Nations, and I was sitting in the park there, and I was kneeled, actually, in front of the bench, and I was praying. And I will never forget this experience. The wind was blowing through the trees, and I could hear the leaves brushing against each other. I could hear the chirping of the little birds, and I was praying there. But suddenly, my dear friends, everything became dead silent. I didn't hear the birds anymore. I didn't hear the brushing of the leaves. And I felt, I'm not saying this is what really happened, but I felt like God was standing behind me. You know what the effect was upon me? I tell you, I was terrified, terrified. I didn't dare to move. The only thing I did was that I pushed my face further into my arms that were bent over the bench, and I didn't dare to move. I didn't dare to turn around. I didn't dare to look. Yes, I know many would say they would turn around and look if the Father would really be standing behind them. But if he really stands behind you, I tell you, you would fall on your face. You would become paralyzed. You wouldn't dare to look around or move a muscle anymore. And that's what I felt at that moment. And let me tell you, God didn't even raise his voice. He didn't even say a word to me. And I don't even know if he was truly standing there. But I had the feeling like he was there, and it paralyzed me. Oh, my friend, can you just imagine how it would be if God would say every Monday at five o'clock, I'm going to speak to you with my absolute voice. I tell you, you would dread that day for days. You would be so fearful and frightened. Your heart would go in a rapid beating and think, oh, in three days, oh, in two days, he's going to appear and speak to me. You would be so afraid. And after he spoke to you, you would be paralyzed for days, just laying there like Daniel. It says when he had a special moment in the presence of God, all his energy was drained from him. Oh, our flesh just cannot stand it. And you know, I'm so thankful that God doesn't speak to us like that as the absolute God in the same way. No, that's why I like the second part. It says, and Jesus came near and he touched them and he spoke to them. Oh, how wonderful when God speaks to us through the Son, because that's something we can bear. That is something that takes away fear. That is something that uplifts us. But the voice of the absolute God, oh, I know some would say, oh, but John, oh, if the absolute God would just speak to me, then uh, all my unbelief would be gone. Yes, then I would believe. If he spoke to me, yes, then I would accept it and believe it. But my dear friends, that is not the answer for unbelief. Oh, unbelief of the heart is a sin and a problem that just doesn't go away so easily. Oh, maybe, yes, at that very moment you would believe. But what about the next day? What about the next week? Oh, I've seen people who saw someone get out of a wheelchair by the power of God, and they were so full of faith at that moment. 
But a week later, when they were in their own need, in their own problems, they said, well, yes, I saw that last week, but maybe that wasn't really what really happened by the power of God. Maybe that was for them, but not for me. And I tell you, all that faith that they had that week before, it just evaporated and left. You know, the cure for a heart of unbelief is not the voice of the absolute God, but I tell you, it is the renewed heart by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is able to happen and to come to us because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary's cross. What you need is not that outward voice of God, but it is that inward change of an unbelieving heart to a renewed heart by the power of Jesus. That's what changes man. That's what makes that sin of unbelief to go away. When that inner testimony comes that you know, you know that you know that you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that Jesus is alive because he's living inside of you. Oh, let me ask you a question. What would you rather have? Would you rather have God the Father as the absolute God speak to you and say, Jesus is the bread of life? Or do you think it would be greater and better to eat that bread of life and have it on the inside where it is feeding your spirit and where it is giving you life and strength and all his goodness is there? Oh, my dear friend. Oh, yes, it is wonderful when God the Father speaks, but it is terrifying also, and it leaves you paralyzed. But when you eat the bread of life, when Jesus comes near, when that testimony comes in your inner man, inner heart, and you have a renewed heart by the power of the Holy Spirit because of the blood that was shed for you, I tell you, that is what brings a real change in man. That's what will bring a real change in you. That outward voice, however powerful and wonderful. You know, just think of the story of the Israelites. Oh, God was giving outward miracles all the time. Every day they were seeing outward miracles. Every day they were eating the blessing of that miracle by the manna that was there, by drinking the water that came out of the rock. But I tell you, every day, almost every day, they were in the sin of unbelief because they had an unrenewed heart. They had the outward voice, uh, so as to say. They had the outward miracles, but their inner heart was unrenewed and unchanged. My friend, what you need is a touch of Jesus on the inside. What you need is to eat that bread of life. What you need is to have a renewed heart. And I tell you, that will make all things different because it makes you different. And that will defeat that unbelieving heart and that sin of unbelief. That will make you free of that terrible sin. Oh, you can hear that voice today. But what about next week? What about the week after? What about next year? Oh, do you want God to speak to you every week? Oh, for you to be faithful and to believe? Or would you rather have that changed heart by the power of the Holy Spirit because of the blood of Jesus? Oh, my friend, stretch out your hand and open your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came in my place, died on the cross, gave his life, and that that same power that brought him out of the grave is now inside of me. Oh, let the Holy Spirit 
confirm it right now in your heart and enjoy the blessings of the living Christ who is dwelling inside of you. You now are a renewed man. You now are a temple of the Holy Spirit because of Jesus who gave his life and cleansed you and took away the barrier that was there between you and your Creator. Oh, have a renewed heart. Oh, cry out and say, Lord, give me that renewed heart and let that sin of unbelief be defeated right now in Jesus' name. Thank you. I receive it. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 